Hey everybody, and welcome to the Harvest Community Church Podcast. We hope this message today brings you encouragement and inspires you to take your next step in your faith journey. If you ever have any questions or you want to learn more about us as a church, you can always check us out at harvesttn.com. Enjoy the message. We are going to continue the series today. Let me ask you, I think, uh, do you all think you're at the first service? There, were, there was a lot of people at the first service. I was kind of surprised as early as it was. I woke up a couple times while I was preaching and noticed a few. You what? They did not go to bed last night. I think you're right. Somebody asked me how the first service went. And I said, I'm not sure. I think I might have been grouchy. I don't know. When I get sleepy, I get grouchy. Uh, I don't know. But I didn't get any sleep. So if I was grouchy with the first service, guess what? <laughs> you guys. Anyway. We're going to continue with the series Ethos, Ethos being the spirit, the, the character, the uh, beliefs, the values of a, of a people, a group of people, um, of a culture. And we, we decided that there's a culture out there that needs to be changed. Your son, some of your sons and daughters are, uh, are in that culture that need to be reached, am I right? Some of your moms and dads, your aunts, your uncles, your friends, your neighbors, your coworkers, are are absorbed into a culture. They need to find the freedom that Jesus has, the love that Jesus has for the hope that only Jesus can give. They're in a culture that promises something um, but ends up leaving them empty. Fame promises you something, but it leaves you empty when you've got it. Uh, Money promises you something, but when you've got it, it, it is so unfulfilling. And so some people spend their entire lives chasing after things that this culture offers only to find that what was promised to them does not deliver what, what we need. And there is a God-shaped void in our life that only the Lord can fill. When we come to Jesus, he changes us from the inside out. Religion says, just take the same old you throw on top of it a blanket of a few do's and don'ts, and then you'll be okay. Uh, that's, not what, that's not what Christianity is. It's about, uh, or at least that's not what being a follower of Jesus is. It is having a relationship with the Lord. And it's out of that overflow of that relationship that the ethos that we experience the ethos, the spirit, the culture, I mean the spirit or the, the values, the character of what is inside begins to come out. And that only can change the culture that we live in. The thing that we've stated here through this series is that the problem I think sometimes is that there's not a whole lot of difference in the ethos of church people as there is in the culture of the world. Uh, church people seem to worry and be, seem to be so as, as full of anxiety as anybody in the world. Church people seem to think that money is going to fulfill and re- relationships are going to fulfill and fame is going to fulfill as much as anybody else. And we, and, and we can't change a culture if, if we're the same as the culture. We can dress it up but when we go out there, are, are we, is there something different? Is, are there different values? Is there a different character coming out of us? Character really is about who you are when nobody's looking. Are you tracking with me? 
characters about who you are when nobody's looking. Only when the ethos, when the Holy Spirit is inside of us and His Spirit changes our spirit, then you want to do right no matter who's looking. And even if you're by yourself, you want to do right. Why? Because it really is all about your relationship with Him. We started out this series. I'm going I'm to recap a little bit. I, I'm not afraid to repeat when I was a younger preacher, much younger preacher, I always wanted every message to be kind of, you know, like standalone, and I didn't want to repeat myself, but I've learned over the years, especially as being a parent, that if you don't repeat things, it's, never, it's not going to happen, right? So you got to repeat things. And so I'm going to repeat a couple things today, and then I'll give you a little, a little chunk of something, something new that I prepared. But... The relationship that we have with the Lord, that's where the ethos comes. That's, that's what changes us inside. Um, it's a true living today, right now, relationship with Jesus. And when we have that relationship, and it's a love relationship, it changes the way we think. It changes what we believe. It changes the way we act. John... How many of you remember John was the one that considered himself the one that Jesus loved? John was, had such a relationship with the Lord. He loved the Lord so much. He was so convinced how, of how much the Lord loved him. And that is a beautiful, beautiful place to be when you just know, when you think that God just is crazy about you, because he really is. And John was able to embrace that. He, Jesus is crazy about me. I mean, I, I'm the disciple that Jesus loved. He was crazy about him. John could not fathom a love relationship with Jesus that did not involve doing what Jesus says. So you read over and over, John recorded Jesus saying, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. In, in, in John, in 1 John, in 2 John, John is continually repeating, if you say you love him, you don't keep his commandments, you don't love him. But if you really love him, you'll keep his commandments. If you really love him, you'll do what he says. Why was he saying that? Religion harps on that because... It wants us to change things outwardly. But John is saying, here, guys, I'm, I, what, I want to, what I want you to know is, is when you really love Jesus, the overflow of a love relationship with Jesus is you can't fathom not doing what he asks you to do. You can't fathom not obeying him because that's the very essence of love. And we are, a, we are a love church. I'm telling you, we are a love church. If this was in the 60s, there would be peace signs hanging everywhere. We're a love church. Am I right about that? They'd be tied. I'd be preaching in tie-dye every Sunday. We're a love church. Church, church. Aren't we a love church? And we're a grace church. I mean, if, if there's a grace church, Harvest is a grace church. We believe in the grace of God. His grace covers everything. He loves us the way we are. Here's the thing we got to watch for is in that, the temptation at times is to say, I'm free, I can do anything I want to do. Nobody can tell me what to do. I, I'm free in Jesus, I can just do any old thing. And, and John says, I don't understand that mindset. John is saying, because of grace, you want to do what he tells you to do. John says, because of love, you want to do what he tells you to do. It's not the opportunity to just get out there and run naked. That's not what he's calling us to do. Hello. 
It's the very love and grace of God that gets down inside of you that says, I can't fathom a love that loves me no matter what. And because of that love, it makes me just want to hang with you, Jesus, and do everything you tell me to do. I just want to say, yes, sir. I just want to follow you, Lord. That, in essence, is the relationship that has to come that changes the ethos that helps us to take the ethos of the kingdom of God into the culture of the world and see the world changed. Instead of screaming, standing on the porch and just screaming, y'all are heathen and going to hell. That doesn't change anything. Church has been doing that for years. It's time for us to be salt. Salt's no good unless it goes to somewhere that needs to be salted. I mean, I can get me a big old steak. And if the salt's in the salt shaker, it's not going to help a bit. You got to put the salt where the salt's needed. That's good preaching right there, bud. Keeping it. Come on now. Come on. <laughs> I didn't think I'd have to do that. In the first service, I had to preach. I had to do the amens. I had to do it all. <laughs> Y'all got an extra hour of sleep than they did. I, you're not getting by with that. Light is no good if it's just in, the, in a place where there's already a bunch of light. Light has to be in darkness. And that's where we're called to go, Right? Then we talked about this, and, and this is so very important that we get this. Jesus was unable to do very many miracles in his own hometown. didn't do any miracles, only just healed a few people in his, in his hometown. I mean, that's why it said, it. I thought, wow, in, in his hometown. Why? Because they, couldn't, they could not embrace the fact that Jesus was the Messiah because they watched him grow up. And because of the field, they couldn't find the treasure. Look at, look at this verse. He, uh, Matthew chapter 13, verse 44. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a what? In a field. When a man found it, I mean, it he had to search for it. Some people never get what Jesus has for them because he's just not willing to get in there and search for it. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then in his joy went away and sold all he had. He said, you know what? This is worth it. I, there's, there's nothing in the world worth me hanging on to it to, to miss that. And so he went after the, the treasure. The treasure is Jesus, right, in his kingdom. So when he went after the treasure. Here's the thing. God puts his treasures in, in just normal fields. I mean, just co common dirt. The treasure's in it, and you all are common dirt. Can't believe my preacher just said I'm common dirt. We're, we're, we're all just common, but there's a treasure inside. The Jesus inside of you is a treasure, but you have to accept the field to get the treasure. And, and we're so picky because we want the field to look a certain way. We want the field to sound a certain way. We want the field to be a certain way. And if it's just right, then we'll accept it. And, and then maybe we can find the treasure. That's not the way it works in the kingdom of God. There are times that God wraps up his treasure in a field that you really don't like. But, but he knows that until you accept that field and the treasure that comes out of it, you're never going to grow the way he wants you to grow. You tracking with me? Now, as we begin to love each other, and as we begin to look to each other and accept the treasure that's inside, 
That's the reason the church has been messed up for so long is if the preacher don't lay hands on, on me and pray for me, then it ain't going to work. And then, and then for some of you, uh, you discover that the preacher is just kind of a normal guy. And then he's just like, oh, what are we going to do now? I mean, couldn't get Billy Bob to lay hands on me because, you know, I know, he's just Billy Bob. I know, I've heard him talk. I know what he does. He's, his field is just, you know, bud. Now, that's a field that has a treasure above all treasures. And then you, get, then you get around me and hang with me a little bit. It's like, What? With the bodyguards. <laughs> and what you realize is a lot of times God just wraps up those treasures to the point that you have to be able to receive or accept the field to get the treasure. And the treasures are beside of you. And the church for so long has been so messed up because the preacher stands in the front and he's on the stage, and so we think he's the one that has to visit us, or it doesn't count. He's the one that has to lay hands on us and pray for us, or it doesn't count, when in reality, there are treasures all around you, and it may be God saying, you can get him to pray for you if you want to, but I'm not giving you what you want. I want you to get your husband to lay hands on you and pray for you, because the treasure I have for you is inside of him, and Bud will lay hands on you and pray for you all day long, but it ain't going to happen because the treasure that you need right now, I've wrapped up somewhere else and it's a dirt that you don't like because you see his dirt let's move on to today's message i've got i've got 20 minutes now to to to, to do the rest of this message if i'm thinking if i'm looking at that right if i'm not please don't tell me if we go out there and take the gospel to this and that's what we're called to right if we get it right in the house, where we honor in the house, where we honor each other, and we got it right here, then we can take it to the world. Do you know the reason some of you can't figure out why your kids hate church so bad? Let me tell you, when you spend a, when you spend a lot of time criticizing the pastor and the leaders of the church, and you expect your kid to come out having respect and honor for God and the church, it ain't going to happen. That's just a freebie. And if you've been doing that, let me tell you how you fix it. You say, but it's too late. I've, I've run you down and I've run all the leaders down to the point that I don't know if I can fix it or not. No, let me tell you what you do. You sit down with your child and you say, honey, I'm sorry. I was, I was wrong. It's called repentance. It works in the kingdom. It works in relationships. Those little words, I'm, I'm sorry, I was wrong. Man, that's powerful. That is powerful stuff. I'm telling you, I know. I, I, I use it all the time. I mean, honey, I'm sorry, I was wrong. Honey, I'm sorry, I was wrong. Honey, I am so sorry, I was wrong. Look at number one, and we're going to read a passage of Scripture out of Peter. Number one, honor unlocks the culture for the entrance of the gospel. How many of you know that we're here to take the gospel to the world? See, see we, we, we forget this sometimes. Sometimes we think that we were dropped, you know, that Lord put us in the earth just to build our own little kingdom. Hey, it's, it's all about me and my kingdom. No, 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 it's about his kingdom. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and everything we need to be taken care of. It's about his kingdom. He put us here 
to advance his kingdom, to build his kingdom. And when our mind is on that, when we're focused on that, I mean, change, change can happen. But we have to honor, not just in the house, we have to honor outside the house. We have to honor other people. Look at 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 13 through 18. Be subject. Now I'm going to get you all to talk back to me here. If you don't talk that back to me, I'm coming down. I'm coming down there. Don't make me come down there. Don't make me stop this car. You know. Be subject for the for, wait a minute. Be subject for whose sake? For the Lord's sake to how to what? Every human institution. Be subject for the Lord's sake. So he's telling us here right now, here's what I want you to know. He's saying it's all about the sake of Christ. It's you just need to live your life for his sake. And when you live your life for his sake and you do it because of him and we do it because we know that he has to be the one to shine in this world through us, life change can happen. So he says, be subject for the Lord's sake to what? Every what kind of institution? Every human institution. That means the government be subject to it for his sake. What he's saying is stop whining. This is Bud paraphrase. Stop whining about the Republicans. Stop whining about the Democrats. Stop whining about President Trump. Stop whining about former President Obama. Stop whining about, about Bill Clinton or stop whining about George. But just, he said, be subject for the Lord's sake, because there's something bigger going on here. Keep going. For, uh, for every human institution. No, no, no. Go back. That was me. See, keep going. I know you. I messed that up. For every human institution, whether it be to the emperor as supreme, or let's say president, because we don't have an emperor in this country. Keep going. Or for the governors as sent by him to punish those who do evil and to praise those who do good. God has ordained in this world governments that don't even follow him because what they do is hold back evil and bless the good. Now, I realize in this culture that the culture gets backwards and it calls what's evil good and good what's good evil. But he's saying there are, in, a, in, a, in a one sense of the word, there are laws in this country that say don't break those laws because it hurts society. And if you break that law, you're going to have to pay for it. And he said, it's okay. I put those people out there. Keep going. For this is the will of God, that by doing good, you should put to silence the ignorance of the foolish people. There, there are ignorant, foolish people. It's not up to me to decide who they are. But I know they are because he just said there are. But he said by doing good, you silence them. By doing good, you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. Those Christians, they're the most hateful people I, I've never seen. I mean, they're just hateful. They're mean. They're judgmental. Those Christian people. But when you, when you don't go with that attitude, you put to silence ignorance. And then, then, then they're forced to say, but wait a minute, there's something different about this guy. And then you get the opportunity to explain the difference between a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and religion, because religion is mean. A personal relationship with Jesus is not. It's kind. It's loving. It's gentle. It's patient. It's 
You with me? Live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as servants of God. That, that is so powerful. And I'm talking about the ethos of the kingdom of God that's inside of us that honors. This is a way to honor other people because we could say we're free. We've been set free. We can do anything we want to do. Okay. But is that really the best thing? He's saying live as people who are free. Hey, you, you've been made free. Live as people who are free, but don't use your freedom as a cover-up for evil. I, ch I came to change your life. I came to do something. I came to put a love inside of you. I came to put my Holy Spirit inside of you. I came to do something inside of you that is life changing. Not to go out there and say, hey, we can do anything we want to do because Jesus is in our life. We have grace. No, it's to go out there and to love people with the kind of love that Jesus had, not living just as as free in such a way that, we're, that we treat people any old way or do any old thing, but we don't use it as a cover-up with evil, but we live as servants of God, as sons of God, where we go out there and say, Lord, I am here for you. And though I could be free to do this right now, I'm not going to do this because they need to see something different. Got to breathe that one in, don't you? Honor how many people? Honor everyone. Love the brotherhood. Honor everyone is in here and out there. Love the brotherhood is here. Believers. Fear God. Have a very deep reverence and respect for the Lord that would keep us from just willy milly vanilly. Stop it. Honor the emperor. Emperor, we don't have an emperor in the church, right? So he has to be talking about out there. Honor the emperor. Honor is the way. He's saying honor is the way. Now, let me read one more verse, and I want to give you a couple things that are going to help, that you're going to take home that'll, that'll be helpful. Uh, look at the next passage in Titus. Remind the people to be subject to the rulers and authorities. Same stuff, right? to be obedient, to be ready to do whatever is good. Same stuff, right? Keep going. To slander no one that's in here or out there, to be peaceable and considerate here and there, and always be gentle toward everyone. At one time, we too were foolish, disobedient, deceived, enslaved of all kinds of passions and pleasures. We lived in the malice and envy, being hated and hating one another. He's saying, I changed your life. So now you don't have to live that way because I came in and I gave you the ability to love where others cannot love, to forgive when others cannot forgive, to be kind when others cannot, to be patient when others cannot, to be gentle when others cannot because I am in you, my presence is in you, and when you have a relationship with me, that can flow out of you to impact the world. Does that make sense? I want you to look at number two for, for our note takers. When you give honor, it comes back to you with friends. When you give honor, it comes back to you with friends. This is, this is where we're going to land. Are y'all convinced yet that honor is the way, is an ethos of the kingdom of God that we should have? 
Anybody convinced of that yet? That the child of God should honor? If you're not convinced, I can't help you. It's something you'll have to just kind of dig into. But honor is the way. And when we honor and we go out there, honor does not demand its own way. And we just read in those scriptures that honor is not limited to people that we like. See, I can, I can honor you easily if I like you. That's not the challenge. Jesus said, love your enemies. It's, lo- it's easy to love people who love you. It's hard to love people who don't love you. But he said, do it anyway. And honor is like that. And when we honor people, it comes back. I think this country, I, I, I mean, if, if opportunities, if you were a carpenter and you were good, and all there was in the world were people who couldn't even hardly, hardly put a nail in a piece of wood, wouldn't you think, man, that is an opportunity? If you had a flashlight that actually worked in a world full of flashlights that don't work, wouldn't you think there would be an opportunity for me to shine a light? This world is so in a place of dishonor and disrespect that it don't take a whole lot of honor, Steve, for them to recognize it. And I think there would not be job situations as much so if people lived honorable lives. It's hard to keep jobs when you're all the time complaining. You don't like anything your boss does. You don't like anything the people in the the cubicle next to you does. You don't like what the other guy does. Guy borrowed my tool. He took my tool. He put it over there on his tool bin. Can't get anything done. I don't know. what. You know, I mean, it's a constant flow of some of, what if you just, what if you honored like we're told to honor not be, a, not be a rug, not be a doormat, but to honor, to show honor. There are a lot of people out there that hire you in a second. Do you know the first words out of your mouth in a job interview, what it ought to be? I will not look at Facebook, and I will not text while I'm, on, while I'm working for you. you. You could get a job right now. There are people in this room that would hire you right now. There are people in this room that if you were to say, I will show up, I'm not going to call in sick every other day with some, some kind of something other wrong with me. I think I've got something coming on. I ain't going to make it today. I'm sick. You're, you're not dependable. Nobody wants you. This is the grouchy part. I said, yeah. <laughs> Nobody wants you. But if you will actually work, uh, you can't get a job because... Oh, these people are taking our jobs. No, 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 no. These people are working. You don't want to work. That's why you don't have a job. You get a job, work for, get paid for eight hours a day. You spend two of it on Facebook. And then nobody can get anything out of you because your text machine is on you every second. And somebody's trying to have a conversation with you and you can't even complete a conversation because somebody just texted you and whoever it was is more important than your job at the moment. We had somebody come to Harvest needing financial help. One of, one of, our, one of our guys said, okay, we'll help you. Show up tomorrow morning, 9 o'clock, I'm going to give you a job. Guess who didn't show up tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock? Why? Because he just wanted a handout. See, we want to do more than just handout, right? We want to help people. If you, if, if you were to work 
And this will, this will help somebody. Because some of you are out on the verge of getting fired. And I'm not being critical. Uh, there's a point where you, there's a point where you, you, we have to learn, right? And we're not taught this stuff. Not anymore. My mom and dad taught me, but we don't learn this stuff anymore. Is anybody with me? Yeah. We don't learn this stuff anymore. I think we ought to start a school and do nothing but teach this and, and teach and, and start with young, start with them while they're young, start with teenagers and teach them how to go into a job and how to actually look at somebody in the face, have a conversation. Say, can I help you? I'm talking about it going out there. Have you ever gone into a place and you've got, and I'm not talking about just teenagers, 20-something, 30-something, and you're trying to get help and you can't find anybody to help you because they're either in a group over here and they're all talking and nobody wants to talk to you because they're talking about what they did last night uh, at the party. They've got the vest on. They look the part. They're getting paid to be there, but they're not doing anything. Or you find the one that's, that's on the text message machine and they're just texting and, and while they're texting, you, 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 you're just standing there, but they can't see you because you're invisible. But if, you, if we were to go out there and say, I'm going to honor, and I'm going to start with honoring the man that just gave me the job. Do you know, but, but yeah, but bud, they don't pay hardly anything. Do you know how do you get to the job where it pays more and then the one that pays more than that and the one that pays more than that? It's by showing honor in this $5 an hour job. And when you show honor there, somebody's going to walk in that store and they're going to see your smiling face. I saw a girl at Chick-fil-A not too long ago and I thought, you know what? If I had a place to hire her, I'd hire her right now. She smiled. She was talking. She was friendly. And I thought, okay, right there, right there you go. But you see it so seldom that when you find somebody, you want to make up a job to give them a job because they're good at what they do. Am I right about that? I want to go out and just start companies to, to pull some of these few in there and stick them in there because I know they can do something. Hid the treasure hidden that's going to get you that $150,000, $250,000 job. It's hidden behind that $10 an hour job. And if you don't respect the field of the $10 an hour job, you're never going to get the other one. But God's going to keep showing you fields. And he's going to keep advancing you. He's going to keep giving you promotions. Stop whining about not getting a raise. Go get that raise by working. Work in a way that they, can't, they just can't miss you. But, but I do, I work all the time. No, 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 I mean, just, just look at it and be honest. Do you really work all the time? Are you really giving it what you got? Are you really honoring? Honoring does not go in and say, well, I'm gonna give you two weeks everything I got, but if you don't give me a promotion and you don't give me an advance, that's not honor. That's foolish ignorance, whatever that is. No, 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 we honor for Christ's sake. And you know that job that you hate so bad? Before you leave it, make sure that God doesn't have you there for a reason. Because it's bigger than you. This whole thing is bigger than me and you. It may be that God has you there because there's somebody there that needs Jesus. And you're going to have to live out in front of them this trusting the Lord thing. While everybody else is worrying and everybody else is full of anxiety and everybody else is complaining and you're not doing that and the ethos coming out of you is different. It's an ethos of honor and they can't figure out what's going on. There's going to be a point in time where they come to you and say, I just got to know what is it about you? Why are you this way? And you get to say, let me tell you a story. 
And then you get to tell them about Jesus and about this new kingdom that you live in and the ethos of this new kingdom that changes us from the inside out that changes the world. I could preach this for an hour, but I'm not going to, Lord Jesus. Thank you so much. Teach us to honor. Teach us to live in such a way with honor that it opens up a door for us to tell people about you so that lives are forever changed that hope is forever given, and that we know what it is to walk in your power, in your love. And no matter what state we are in, help us to be content in you, in Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us today. If you've enjoyed listening, be sure to hit the subscribe button and rate and review the podcast. Thanks again for joining us, and we'll see you again next week.